This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about another story closer to home here in Calgary, and that is public art spending. Now, there is a general tendency for a lot of people on the right to be certainly cast in a light of being anti Arts And that that has not been the understanding that I've got, nor is it the position I take. I'm anti-paying for stuff that I don't really need to pay for involuntarily. And that's where public art becomes problematic. I know many of you are by now familiar with the story of $500,000 being spent on public art installations in Calgary along the Trans-Canada Highway. Supposedly a gateway to the city. And what better way to introduce people to the city than by showing them how inadequately... (laughs) Council spends its money here. Uh, We have now a push from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation to halt public art spending. A commentary released this morning by Colin Craig, who is the new Alberta director for the CTF and joins me on the line now. Colin, it's good to talk to you again. Congratulations on the new job. Thanks very much for joining me today. Well, thanks a lot, Andrew, and I look forward to uh, filling in for Paige over the next uh, 14 months while she's on mat leave and raising a a new young taxpayer in Calgary. (laughs) Yeah, so especially for Paige, who is often talked to, I've known Paige for many years, she's often talked about, you know, the burden that, you know, our lawmakers are, are leaving the next generation. And, and I, I really look forward to the bedtime story she'll be reading her child about, you know, basically it'll just be the debt clock, I'm assuming. But uh, <laughs> uh, that child will be raised with a, certainly a, a better dose of fiscal responsibility than most other children, right? I, I certainly think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate you joining me nonetheless in Paige's absence here. This uh, story, the $500,000 spent, uh, is one of these ones where art always seems to, whenever the government is involved, cost a heck of a lot more than the value it is supposed to bring here. This certainly seems like no exception to that. I, I think you're right. And, you know, the thing with art is that some people will like this particular exhibit, some people won't. Myself, when I saw it, I thought, my goodness, it looks like the, the ruins of a building that's, uh, you know, just gone through an earthquake. Uh, it certainly doesn't look that appealing to me, but, you know, I can respect some people will look at it, they'll like it. But I, I think what we have to do in this particular case is really step back and say, wait a second here, like, Calgary's unemployment rate is the highest of any major city in Canada. It's off the charts. We just heard, uh, you know, leading up to the segment... In your news break there, they're talking about how Alberta's unemployment rate uh, is still higher and disappointing economists. So you've got that going on. You've got food banks in Calgary that are struggling to provide enough food to families that are having a hard time getting by. And then for the city to go out and drop half a million dollars on a what could be called a nice-to-have item, such as public art like this, it just makes no sense. And I think it shows the council's just out of touch to continue to allow this spending so, uh, you know, what we've said is, look, at the very least, in the short term, this type of spending needs to be halted and 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 use the savings to help offset tax increases, whatever the case is, do something to help taxpayers that they actually need rather than this type of thing. I've seen a number of cities that have tried to make a bold pitch of some kind that is going towards artwork like this. And I know that a number of cities have done something like this where they've tried to create some installation or display that generates a bit of a buzz. And I think Ontario had, not necessarily as a public art installation, but as, you know, another expenditure, that giant duck a few weeks back for Canada Canada 150. And and I know we've had other cities that have tried. The Chicago did something a little while ago of having, I think it was 
a cows on parade was the name of the display here. And every single time one of these have been done, you hear people talking about a cultural value to it, which I think is very difficult because you can't quantify it. And I don't want to get into a debate necessarily about quality of the art. I mean, I look at this and I say, if you're trying to welcome someone to the city, I think there's a lot more you could do with it. But it isn't about quality. It's about value. And, and it's about that, I think, especially when you mention all of the economic issues that this city and, I mean, this province has been experiencing for the last couple of years and, and even the last 12 months in general. Well, you know, I think there is a way that you actually can quantify it, and that is if you give uh, the money that are spent on these types of things back to taxpayers and you say, here, you guys decide what to do with it. If someone wants to donate towards a public art project, they can donate their money, and that will show you how much value people are actually getting out of this. But the other thing I would note is that there actually are a lot of examples around the world of the private sector taking a leading role in public art. And, uh, you know, you mentioned cows in Chicago, I I think it was. I know in in Winnipeg they had this bears on on Broadway thing where you would have different companies would sponsor these different bear staff. Apparently municipalities love alliteration and animals. That's the one thing (laughs) I've learned. (laughs) I think that's a very wise observation. But, yeah, I mean, there's lots of examples where you can have the private sector take the lead and you can have corporate sponsorship, those types of things, Uh, especially during this period, because it's so difficult right now in Calgary that, you know, there's so many families that are having a hard time getting by. It's very hard to justify spending money on uh, public art for these uh, these types of projects because it's, it's uh, like I say, it's so difficult for so many families right now. I know in Detroit, which is a city that everyone knows has just been economically ravaged in the last decade. I've been to Detroit a number of times, and there's this one street there with all of these decrepit, hollowed out, abandoned, scrapped, burnt out buildings. And there was this community group a few years back that decided they would turn this street into an art installation. And they took the houses that were left and they painted them with all these funky colors. They put sculptures on the front lawn. They did this all on their own. And now it's a destination. And people uh-huh. go to Detroit, to the middle of the hood, and they, they visit this street called the Heidelberg Project. And I've seen other examples of that as well, where, where individual communities ha- have done something and rallied. And, and you mentioned as well, you know, private companies that, that are doing this. And it's not like we're in this world where no one values art, and if the government doesn't do it, no one else will. That's the opposite of what we've seen. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And they're the, I mean, that's a great example. The one you raised There's uh, one in uh, Miami called, the, I think it's the Wynwood District, where it's, it's kind of similar where someone started off a project and they had all these walls around some warehouses and that, and they allowed different artists to come in. They paid them in some cases and they'd, they'd create some really beautiful artwork. But, it was, you know, again, it was driven by the private sector. So it's, uh, it's not that people don't like art. It's a question of who's paying and who's, who's deciding what art's going to be public. And I think the city of Calgary could actually take a leading role in trying to create sort of a more innovative approach. Why not uh, put out a request for art projects to the broader community and allow people to come up with their own projects and then maybe have some kind of a selection process where you have the art that's genuinely created by individuals with their own resources and start using those to put up around the city again, provided that it's tasteful and that there's some kind of a vetting process. But that's one way how you could still ensure that there's public art that's being created, but it, you just wouldn't have to have, worry about uh, public funds being used for it. And it sounds like the price tag that uh, the City of Calgary ends up paying for this is not just a side effect of this, but actually designed. I mean, the amount that we spend every year is actually fixed uh, in, in a certain way that it's going to be, you say, 1%. That's what it ends up being. 
Yeah, that's the city's policy, 1%. And, uh, you know, so sometimes you'll see members of council say, well, it's only 1%. It's not just that it's only 1%. It's that it's, it's a lot of money that adds up over time because all these different projects are costing a fair amount of money. And again, just the symbolism is so terrible with this one that it's appalling that someone on council really hasn't taken a leadership role to get something passed to say, wait a second, we've got to take a time out on this policy, at least for a couple of years until the economy improves, until unemployment rate uh, drops, until you know food banks can catch up, etc. Uh, because so many families are hurting right now. It's, it's, it's so uh, difficult to watch the city spend money this way. Yeah, and it's something that I'm glad there are councillors speaking up about. Uh, one councillor had said that, you know, when he wanted to reduce property taxes, he was told there's no money. But then you have something like this around that seems to suggest, well, actually, there is a bit of money. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of examples like the at City Hall where they really haven't tightened their belts yet. And, uh, you know, you go on Twitter and Facebook and you start talking to your neighbours and quite often you'll hear the expression about... Uh, the need to drain the swamp at City Hall, and you can completely understand why so many people are frustrated with City Hall right now, is that they just seem like they're living in a different world, that, that council, and it's, it's you, you almost have to wonder, do they not listen to the radio? Do they not get a newspaper or watch the evening news? Do they not understand what's happening in this city with the economy? Because they're, they're acting as if there's no problem. And they, this is the t- exactly this is, this is the type of spending that they need to be cutting back on right now. So you're proposing that not just this project shouldn't have gone ahead, but all public art spending. Do you think that there would be enough private interest to fill that creative void in the community? You know, I, I think there would be, and I think the city could, like they say, uh, take an innovative approach and, and put out a call to the broader public and say, you know, what, what could you come up with as individuals and maybe help connect different artists and people that want to work on something together? And that could be done through a you know a website that wouldn't cost anything. The city's already got a web page. Just add another one there where you can start to connect people, different artists and different people that want to work on these projects. And you know you could even ask businesses if they have any extra materials that they're not using. And I'm sure you could get some really cool and interesting projects and ideas coming forward, but without coming with that big price tag for the city to have to uh, pay for this stuff. Well, especially, I mean, when you talk about materials here, I think it's important to note about this particular installation here, we're not talking about something that's made of gold here. It's it's made to look rusted and has uh, rock on it. We're talking literally about something that should have cost zero for materials, rusty metal and rocks. I, I, I'm, I'm failing to see the $500,000 here. I mean, this is like yeah. if you make like a pop can sculpture. I mean, just go into your neighbor's recycling bin and problem solved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's a very good summary. It's it's <laughs> not uh, it's not a sophisticated project, at least it, it certainly doesn't seem to be from a material standpoint. And, you know, if you think about all the different diverse businesses that are in the Calgary area that, you know, often have materials that are, are scrap or they don't need anymore. And if, if uh, the city communicated in some way that they were looking for these types of materials so that artists could use them and repurpose them, I'm sure you'd get a lot of businesses that would pick up the phone and say, yeah, you know what, I've got some materials and maybe drop it off or arrange for the artist to pick it up. Uh, but I, I think what the city needs to do is just change their entire mindset on this and, and try to think of a way that they can do it in a, a less costly manner for the taxpayer. Yeah, very much agree with that. Colin Craig joining me on the line, the new interim Alberta director for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, calling today on the city of Calgary to halt public art spending. And that frees up 1% of the money we spend on every capital project in the city. So that's very good money that is going towards something that is 
a pile of, of rust and, and rocks. It is a junkyard that costs $500,000. Colin Craig, <laughs> uh, good to talk to you, sir. Thanks for your time today. Thanks a lot, Andrew. All right, all the best to you. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.